Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Excited that you are with us today. We're going to show you how to live a life of greatness for God. Seven principles of living a life of impact and greatness. Part one is on the episode today, and it's very simple, but yet it can be difficult. You need to learn how to go all in, and I'm going to show you how right after this. This is our moment. This is our fight. We're trying to help you understand how the enemy works and why he is doing what he's doing. Here I am. Use me. Speak through me. Work through me. So no matter how bad it gets, Pastor, we have a hope in Jesus Christ. I'm not a spectator anymore. I am all in. I am your voice. I am your hands. You may think that it is a difficult thing to live a life of greatness, to to make an impact on your world, but it's really not that difficult. When I say it's not that difficult, I don't mean that it's not going to be hard on you physically, maybe even emotionally, and you're going to have to make some very tough decisions. I mean the steps to greatness are actually simple steps in name, but sometimes a little bit difficult to accomplish. One thing I want to tell you is this, no one in the history of humanity. Go back and read and study all the people that made a great impact on the world, the influencers, the heroes of our world. They didn't accomplish that with a half-hearted effort. No one has ever lived a life of greatness with a half-hearted effort. You have to understand something about God. Because remember, the question was not, do you want to live a life of greatness? The question is, do you want to live a life of greatness for God? And that's what the Big Picture Show is all about, helping you to live your life of greatness for God and to say the big picture of what God has in store for you. Well, you know, I heard the old time preachers say things like this. They'd say, you can't spell God without go. You know, he's a good God. You got go right there in that too. Then you got Matthew chapter 28 is known as the great commission. We all can just about quote it, but listen to what the word of God says. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you even at the end of the age. Amen. That's called the Great Commission. It's not called the Great Suggestion, okay? So you've been commanded by God to go. And you and listen, think about this. We're talking about God here. God is not going to ask you or even command you to do something half-heartedly. So the, verse, the first step, of the seven steps of living a life of greatness is simply to go all in. You have to make a decision to go all in. In fact, for the believer, let me put something down deep in your heart that needs to be registered, needs to be written on the tablets of your heart, needs to be carved into your brain. God doesn't do anything halfway. And God doesn't create anyone to have a halfway impact. In fact, we talk a lot about on this show, and I talk a lot about in my book, I See Greatness in You, about the DNA of greatness. The reason I believe the DNA of greatness is in every human being, and that includes you, is because we were created in the image of God. We serve a great God. We serve a God 
that he didn't go halfway with us. He went all in. In fact, he went so all in that everything he created in the book of Genesis, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. When it came time for man, think about this. Everything that he created in all of creation, he called good. But when he made man, he said, it is very good. Because that was, he loved the world, but he went all in on us. He's, we're the only part of creation that he made in his image. I want you to think about the pattern of creation and how God went all in for you. The pattern of creation tells us this. God created the land and then he spoke to the land and told the land to bring forth the herbs, to bring forth the trees, and to bring forth the animals. Thus he created the environment first and then he called the creation out of the environment that was going to be sustained by that environment. He spoke to the air and told the air, let the air bring forth every flying creature. He spoke to the water and said, let the water bring forth every fish in the sea. So the environment was created and then God called the creation out of the environment. But when it came time to make man, he didn't just look at the environment or creation. He said, I need to call man out of something bigger than this. I need to call man out of myself. He didn't speak to the dirt. He didn't speak to the air. He didn't speak to the water. He spoke to himself. And Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let us give them dominion here on this earth. So he called us out to a life of greatness. He didn't call us halfway. And then you know what else he did? He came down and walked with us in the cool of the, of the garden because God has always wanted to be with us. I've often thought about what did they talk about? What, what, can you imagine Adam walking in the cool of the garden with, with God? What did they talk about? I believe, this is what I call the gospel according to Larry. Uh, you know, it's Larry's unauthorized version of the Bible. But, it, but it's, it's, I, this is sort of the way I feel about it. I just got to, he's a father. He's a father figure to us. We came forth there. So he's telling him, this is how you're going to be a father. This is how you're going to be a husband. This is how you're going to be an example. He was teaching Adam how to live a life of greatness and impact. And that's why when, it, when they fell, he was, he was like, who told you this? Who told you you were naked? Who, how did you get to this place? Confess it to me, Adam. Why? Because he knew Adam knew better. He knew that Adam was not created to live a lackluster halfway life. He, he wanted Adam to live a life of greatness. He let Adam name all the animals. He had such a, a heart for Adam. And that's because he went all in with Adam. And God expects us to go all in with God. You know, one of the parts of my book, I have a chapter called Start Wars. And uh, if you know the, the, famous, uh, science, uh, the famous movie called Star Wars, uh, I, it's one of my favorite movies when I was ra ra raised up. Because, you know, if you know my story, if you read my book or if you've seen my testimony, you know that I had a very difficult childhood. Uh, my father abused me physically, verbally. So I had major father issues, and I've been a pastor. I've seen people with a lot of major father issues. Well, Star Wars, in my opinion, is not really a sci-fi movie. It's not even really uh, an, an action movie. To people like me, it's a story of, a, of father issues. It's a story of, of a father, of, a, of an absence of a father, and finding out things from their father. You know, the famous scene, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it by now, it ain't my fault. But, uh, you know, if you watch Star Wars, and he's like, you know, he's fighting with Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader is, and he says, you killed my father. Y'all know the famous line. He says, Luke, I am your father. He goes, no! Nah! 
ah! and he just falls off. It's the most, I mean, I remember that moment. There was no way for anything to leak back then. There was no social media. So the people in the movie theater had no idea that was coming. It blew me away. But it blew me away on another level because of my father issues. What I'm trying to say to you is this. That movie made an impact on my life. So as I was writing my book, I see greatness in you. And I get into the part of the power of what it means to start anything correctly. Uh, because the start, I know the finish is ultimately the most important part because you want to finish strong. But you can't finish what you don't start. And God's word tells us that he is faithful to finish that which he established and began. So I, we have a God that's there at the beginning. We have a God that's there at the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. That's our God. He's with us through the, all, all that duration. So as I'm writing about my childhood and as I'm recalling all the things that happened to me as a young boy, I realize that many things as an adult that I was dealing with was a result of what had happened to me at the start, at the start of my life. The, the, the wounds were still there from even from my childhood. And I begin to see a pattern throughout life is that so much is established about the race that Paul talked about running the race. And so much it happens in the course of the marathon, the race that we call life, beginning with where we started and how we went all in. So when you come to different phases in your life, you know, you have this one life that is your only life you get. But then throughout that life, you have seasons, you have trials, you have mountains that you have to climb, you have valleys that you have to trek across. It's part of life. But in every single one of them, there is always a decision. How am I going to approach this mountain? If I know that I've got to get to the top of this mountain, am I just going to half-heartedly climb this thing and just say to myself, well, you know, if I don't make it all the way to the top, that's okay. I'll just sort of camp out in the middle. Well, that's not an all-in effort. If you're going to climb the mountain and you know the prizes at the top of the mountain, you have to make a decision at the beginning. No matter what happens, no matter what comes, I'm going to climb this mountain. I'm going to make it to the top. I'm going to go all in. Your mentality going into a season can directly affect, number one, how you come out of that season, but more importantly, what actually gets changed in your life and how your life goes to another level in the middle of that journey. I say it this way. In everything that God has ever called us to do, we have to eliminate plan B. You have to eliminate plan B. Why do I say that? Because the moment that in any aspect of your life you establish a plan B, you have already negated plan A. Because you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I'm going to try to do it this way. But if it don't work out, I've always got plan B. As long as you've got plan B, you're never going to go all in on plan A. You've got to give it all up for plan A. But let me tell you, for a child of God, when you are born again, God says, come on all, come all in right now. Come, listen, you ain't got to be perfect. You ain't got to be educated. You may not be able to quote many scriptures. You may not be able to pray for hours and hours. What I really need you to do more than anything is go all in. Just make a decision to come to me. Remember, that's all he said. Draw nine to me and I'll draw nine to you. Look at the, look at the deal that we get there. We just make a decision to go all into him and we get him. I mean, my goodness, is that not an incentive to go all into God? I mean, he just gets us. We ain't that much. He gets us, but we get him. 
When you go all in, you, he goes all in for us. He's already gone all in for us. He really don't need to do anything else than what he's already done. That's the principle of the start. That's why I love that chapter in the book, The Start Wars, because how you start a race, think about how people are in a, in a sprint race. You know, we, we, so much is focused upon the finish line, the photo finish. You know, they go across, they got their hands up and everybody's screaming. They got the clock and they see they make a world record time. But what if you stumble at the start? What if you don't go when the gun the, is fired? There is so much about that start. In fact, I've seen a lot of races that were won at the start. And that's why I wrote that chapter, The Start Wars. And that's why the final chapter of I See Greatness in You are seven simple principles on how to unlock the potential and the greatness in your life. And I want you to get a copy of that book. And right after this, I'm going to come back and take you to the next level to show you what it's like to truly live a life that is fully all in. Are you ready to go all in? You're a loser. You're a failure. You're a liar. Where do you go every night? And what are you doing? It's none of your business. Okay, that's it. Get out of my house. What were you thinking? Look at me, boy. Why didn't you just return them? I, I just want you to be happy. So please walk away. I'm not leaving. Why would you ever want to stay with me? I see greatness in you. I had never, ever heard those words before. Everything in my life changed with those five words. I'm driven to help the underdog, to help the abused. This phase of our ministry, we feel like God's going to use to impact more lives than we ever dreamed. So yeah, we're, we're just getting started. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play today. Oh yeah. Y'all didn't know I could sing too, did you? Listen, that's the story of somebody that's warmed the bench. Okay. I was an athlete in high school, but I also, I was really good at football. Let me say it that way. I was not really good at baseball. And I remember warming that bench in baseball. And I just kept thinking to myself, I want to play the game. I've not been, I don't put this uniform on. My mama didn't pay for all this money for me to sit on the bench. I want to play in the game. And I couldn't understand why I was not in the game because I felt like I was pretty good. But what I realized later on when I look back on my life is my effort in practice had reflected the decision of the coach of whether I was going to get in the game. See, the people that are in the game, for the most part, I know sometimes it's not this way. Sometimes it's the coach's favorite, you know, maybe his son or something like that. I know I'm getting in trouble for saying that kind of stuff. But I realize now that I didn't get to get in the game because I was not going all in in baseball. I didn't love baseball the way I loved football. But I just wanted to play sports. But, you know, I think about that song that I led with, Put Me In Coach, I'm Ready To Play. Well, that really comes from a point of somebody that feels like they're capable of giving some major impact to that game. Let me tell you something, that's where you're at. You have never been called to sit on the bench when it comes to relationship with God in this thing called life. When you were born again, you became a citizen 
of heaven. You, you took on the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The power of God is upon you. The, the anointing of God is upon you. There is a mandate. There is that great commission to go into all the world. But it's beyond that. It's not just to preach. It's to pray for the sick. You are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We have to finally, as a church, ladies and gentlemen, decide to understand who we really are in this plan. I use the word game, but it's not a game. But for the sake of you understanding, the game of life, there, it is being played out before us. There is, that's why we call this show The Big Picture, because there's so much more going on in this world than you can see or hear with your senses. There is a spiritual war that's real and it's going on. There are demons and angels angels fighting. People are warring for your soul. You are the most valuable thing in all of the kingdom, your soul. The Bible says angels desire to look in on the things of man because they can't understand how valuable you are to God. Because when God made you, he went all in with you. And all he really asked from you is you don't have to be the most eloquent speaker. You don't have to be the most dynamic preacher. You just need to give him all of you. I love the words of Paul when he said, I came not with, to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but rather in the demonstration of the power of God. He said, look, I, I, I could work a crowd. I could, I could use my talents and, and move you emotionally, but that's not why I'm here. I'm all in because God has got a call on my life and a mandate on my life. So I say to the Lord, put me in, Lord. I, I don't want to warm this bench. I mean, this life is but a vapor that appears for a moment and vanishes away. Do you really want to just exist? Do you really want to just float through life and, and, and get in that rat race? You wake up in the morning, drink your cup of coffee, go to work, work all day long, look at the clock, watch the clock. Ticks down, get in your car, drive home, same time, sit in your chair, get your cup of coffee, fall asleep in the chair, go to bed, get up, check, next thing, next day. That is not the life that God has called you to. God has called you to a life of greatness. And God has put it on my heart to get on this television camera and remind you on a weekly basis. You have been called off the bench, okay? You've been brought up to the big leagues, y'all. I'm telling you, you've been playing in the minors, but no longer. God has called you up to the big game. Let me just tell you something about God's will for you to go all in. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose, listen, and grace which was given to us in Jesus before time began. Let that sink in. Grace and mercy and calling that was given to us before time began. This is the God that we serve. Before he ever created you in the natural, he already had an agenda for you. He already had a purpose for you. Do you understand that when you were conceived in the womb of your mother, not only did life uh, happen in that womb, but a purpose was birthed, a destiny was birthed, a calling was birthed. That is absolutely in your DNA. There's a calling that you have that I don't have. There's a calling that I have that you don't have. There are people in this world that are going to be touched for Jesus that only you can touch them. What if you just make a decision? Well, I'm not about that. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a TV guy. I'm not a stage guy. I'm a behind the scenes person. I, I'm a shy and introverted person. Do you know shy and introverted has no, has no bearing on a, a life of impact? Some of the most powerful impact people that this world has ever known 
when you study their lives, they were shy. They were introverted. They did not like crowds. They did not have friends. It, it was like, you know, they just had a purpose in life and they just didn't seem like the, the quote unquote perfect scenario to do that kind of a life and have that kind of a success. But they just made a decision. I'm going to go all in in this thing that I'm called to do. And that's what God has called you to do. I don't believe that the Lord has ever programmed you to just live a life that's mediocre. I, do you not feel that? Are you not tired of just existing in a mediocre life? Look at the people that are around you. Maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a wife, maybe you're a father, maybe you're a mother, maybe you're a, a son or a daughter, a brother or a sister. Maybe you're by yourself, but you, there are people in your life. You have a realm of influence, a sphere of influence. Look at your life and ask yourself this. Do you, do you really think if God has you watching this television program right now, when you could be watching anything else, you have sit and listen to me, get in here and just scream at this camera, but something won't let you leave. Do you think that you're supposed to just turn this off after hearing this? This thing that keeps making you want to watch this, what I'm saying, you're just going to be able to change the channel, turn this off, and you're going to be satisfied living a life that has no impact, that a life of no greatness. When I put out my book, I said greatness in you, and I, and I went with that title. And I don't want to talk about why it's called that, but if you read the book, you know it is not what some of you may think it is. A lot of people look at that book and they say, okay, I see greatness in you. This is a self-help book. This is, you know, somebody just trying to tell you how to live your best life now. You go be you and everything's going to be all right. No, that's not what this book is. It's a book about the power of words. It's a book about the power of somebody calling something out of me that I did not know existed. When my wife, who was my fiance at that time, said, I see greatness in you, Larry, and I'm not leaving you because I see greatness in you, it ignited something in me. She did not put it in me. It was already in me, the greatness of God, not my greatness. This book and this, and this program is not about anything about Larry Ragland or my wife, Sandy. This is about our God, and our God has called us to get off the bench. And when she said, I see greatness in you, it was like a key that unlocked something that was always in there. And there's a certain part of our, the greatness of that DNA that we can see on our own. We can study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you can study. You can go to college. You can get an education. You can have a mentor that can give you some principles. You can watch a YouTube video, seven steps to finding your greatness. And you can, you can just memorize them all. But there is a part of you that God put in you that is in his design of humanity to only be revealed to you by God using someone else to pull it out of you. Because that is the part that if you try to pull it out on your own, it will turn into pride and pride comes before the fall. And when you begin to think that you can find all your greatness on your own, you have set yourself up for failure. But when you allow people and be humble about it, to begin to speak into your life and call things out and call you off of that bench, then all of a sudden there's something about it. Think about it. I may have the complete ability to play in that game. I may have confidence that I practice at home that my coach don't even know about, and I'm ready. But it's useless until the coach says, okay, Raglan, you're up. Get in the game something ignites inside of you. You're sitting over there, you're just playing on your phone, but then you hear that coach say, get in the game. 
And when you hear this coach say, get in the game, something quickens inside of you. And all of a sudden, when you run on that field, it's all changed because somebody, their words told you to get off the bench. That's what this program is. That's why you can't change this channel. That's why you're still here. I want to look right in that camera right now, and I want to tell you, get off the bench. Get off the bench. The way you start this next phase of your life is not only going to determine how you finish it, it's going to determine what happens in the middle of it. God has not called you to live a life of mediocre. So over the next series of programs, we're going to show you six more principles. It's a total of seven. They're in the last chapter of my book, I See Greatness in You. Seven simple steps to unlocking your greatness and your potential. Now, I want you to get a copy of this book, and I want it to be that voice that calls you out. That voice, that coach that says, get in the game. That coach that reminds you. Now, it's all ultimately about God, but God's going to speak to you through this book. It's going to tell you the Great Commission is still applicable to you. Get off the bench, get into this thing called life, and know that I've got you, and I have called you to a life of greatness. I'll be right back right after this. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're a liar. Where do you go every night? And what are you doing? It's none of your business. Okay, that's it. Get out of my house. What were you thinking? Look at me, boy. Why didn't you just return them? I, I just want you to be happy. So please walk away. I'm not leaving. Why would you ever want to stay with me? I see greatness in you. I had never, ever heard those words before. Everything in my life changed with those five words. I'm driven to help the underdog, to help the abused. This phase of our ministry, we feel like God's gonna use to impact more lives than we ever dreamed. So yeah, we're, we're just getting started. One day, we're all going to stand before God. And for the believer, what we want to hear more than anything is, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm driven to hear those words from God, and I think you are too. And I want you to know that that's my prayer for you. And you may be thinking right now, well, okay, I hear you. I know I'm saved. I know that I love the Lord, but I don't know if I'm called to this whole thing you've been talking about in this program, going all into a life of greatness. Well, you are. But maybe you just need somebody to pray for you, and maybe you just need somebody to speak in your life. Well, I'm going to try to be that person right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray for every single man, woman, child, teenager that is watching here right now that feels because of something that's been said to them or done to them. Maybe they've been dropped. Maybe they've been broken. Somebody that they trusted to speak life into them spoke death into them. And now they, they feel like they're inadequate. There's no way. They're shy. They're introverted. They're scarred. They're wounded. A deep wound. And that wound never seems to close. And they never can believe that they can ever do anything for God. Right now, Lord, I move the, pray that you would move upon them first and foremost. If they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would cry out to you right now, repent of their sins, and ask you, Jesus, to come into their heart and save them. Lord, you said, rejoice not that demons are subject to you in my name, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let, let them have that confidence of knowing their name is written in the book sitting right next to you. So that gives them the 
confidence of knowing that, God, you've called them to greatness. Now for those that are intimidated, those that have had the wounds from their childhood, wounds from a broken marriage, wounds from some type of addiction, we break those uh, strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom over your life right now. We speak greatness over your life. Get up and let's go take on the world and go all in. Thank you for joining me on The Big Picture. What a blessing it is to have you. If you would like to know more about our ministry, go to LarryRaglin.com. Or if you'd like to go and follow some of our sermons at our church that we pastor, SolidRockChurch.com. Make sure you get a copy of our book, I See Greatness in You. Because I believe by the end of reading that book, something is going to ignite inside of you. And I believe I can almost see it now. You're going to stand up. You're going to put that book down. You're going to look up to the Lord. And you're going to say, God, I'm ready to go all in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Are you ready? I believe you are ready. We love you and thank you again for all of your support, for making this show possible. It would not be possible without you. And of course, you can always help us to continue to be here every week here on The Big Picture. And only you can make that happen. Thank you so much. And everybody be blessed. And remember this. We see greatness in you. God bless. If you've enjoyed today's message, we'd love to have you partner with us to help spread God's word to as many people as possible. To find out more about Larry Raglan Ministries and how you can help, go to LarryRaglan.com. Or if you're planning to be in the Birmingham, Alabama area, join us in worship at Solid Rock Church. We'll make you feel right at home. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.